The good folks at Comics for Fun and Profit have been doing two episodes a week um, for quite some time now, and it's all thanks to, first of all, Jason, and second of all, our patrons, who allow us to add the space on our server, broadcast more, store more, share more with you listeners. I'm envious of those of you who have unlimited storage and media server capabilities. We we pay for ours here at, at the C4FAP. It ain't cheap. We thank you so much for those of you who go to patreon.com slash comicsfunprofit and contribute at any level to say thanks, to say I want to be a part of your Slack channel, conversations. I want to get exclusives. I want to get early access. I want to get ad-free access. I want to get swag. I want to get some free stuff. Whatever your reasoning is, we appreciate it at any level because it does make a difference. So from the bottom of Kyle and I and Jason's heart, thank you for contributing. Time for a break from our show to pay the bills. Check out beacons.ai slash comics fund profit for all the C4 FAP links you could ever need all in one place. You can provide feedback, listen, support, share, enjoy these. We have our Patreon there. You can buy us a beer or a coffee. You can check out our Instagrams, our Twitters, our Facebooks. Check out our YouTube page. You can email us. You can listen to our podcasts on Patreon, if you're a subscriber, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on Podbean. We have Google Podcasts on there. We have an Amazon wish list. You want to buy Kyle and I something? Fine. You can do that here. We appreciate it. We have Kyle's RPG podcast listed on there, so you can check out his Dork Day Afternoon offerings. We have Cowabunga links, so you can check out the Cowabunga Deep Discount FOC and Pre-Order list. Get on that. That's RLCS, so you can check that out as well. And we want to just give you opportunities to say hi, to check out what we're doing, support us if you would like, or just listen. Check out beacons.ai slash comics fun profit for all the C4 FAP links you could ever need. Thanks. Back to the show. Aloha. This is Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. And I want to thank listeners for listening to my bad interview. <laughs> so I know someone out there is going, oh, but, ser no, but seriously, this is going to be a fun episode. I have Mark Russell, Bryce Ingram, In In Ingman, um, Peter Krauss, um, you know, um, they are friends of the podcast. They are here to promote My Bad Volume 2. Now, the first issue is out in stores right now, and I believe issue two comes out in, um, on December 28th. Um, like I said, this is going to be a very fun episode to me, My Bad um, series is a nice parody of superhero comics that we all love. It has everything um, from someone recognizing um, Jamington Winthorpe's voice as the chandelier um, to a who's who's page um, uh, description of who um, Acid Chip is. Bryce, Peter, and Mark, welcome back to Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing great. Fine. Good to see you, Jason. Yes. And then, um, listeners, I'm sorry, I, I, you know, before we started, me, Peter, um, Mark, and Bryce, we we're already talking about the, you know, the series. So, 
you know, now you guys, now we're, we're finally recording, we're getting everything on. And yeah, so, so sit back, relax and enjoy. Um, now, of course, like I said, um, Bryce, Mark and Peter, um, they have written My Bad Volume 1, Important New Superhero Universe Trade. Now that is in stores right now. If you are interested, please ask your LCS to order you a copy. You know, um, I love it because it pokes fun at the superhero genre. Now, you know, before we begin the interview, I want to give a big shout out to Hannah Bahedri of Superfan Promotions for sending up this interview and for advanced um, reading copy of uh, My Bad Volume 2, Issue Number 1. So Hannah, thank you very much. Bryce, Mark, and Peter, um, would you guys like to add anything to that? Now, Hannah does a lot of great publicity work, not only for my bad, for a lot of titles that, that I work on for Ahoy and for other companies. So she's she's great. Shout out to Hannah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. the trade and, and the trade, which is out, you know, I think Ahoy did a really nice job with the trade. All of the extras, including the crazy letter column, bad words, it's, it's all there. Every bit of the fun from the floppies is there in that trade. Yeah, one of the things they let let us do for this series, which uh, I think makes it a little different than most comics, is they let us take over all of the extras. So, like, you know, most comics you read, you see, like, ads for things. They let us, like, actually make fake ads. They let us make things that are relevant to the story, which really sort of uh, underscores the idea, the sensibility that this is a separate universe mm -hmm. uh, where the regular rules of superhero comics do not apply, but it has its own sort of logic. Uh, one of the things they let me do, which which I uh, just loved doing, was they, you remember those old uh ads they used to have in the backs of comic books where they sold all the like toys that didn't work like the x-ray specs and the uh, yes. uh the sea monkeys and stuff they let me do an, uh, a page like that of my own little ads that i made up uh which was really fun um and and yeah it goes back to what you say this is kind of a love letter to comics it's mm -hmm. sort of like us drawing upon the memories that we had of reading comics when we were kids but but also the questions we had the back of my life like wait a minute how does nobody understand that this is actually, you know, Superman or, you know, how does nobody, you know, it's like, it's about those questions we all had as kids when we we're reading these comics and also about the, the joy we had while reading. Yes. No, and that's true. It's yes. It's the joy of the, of reading the comics that we all love. Um, actually, I'm going to, um, and then, now, I'm going to also let listeners know that Peter Krause is also the artist um, for the My Bad series. So, you know, um, um, so Peter, did you have fun draw, you know, drawing at least the first volume and, and now you're working on the second volume? Um, you know, how do you yeah. like working? Mm -hmm. um, as, far, as far as what I'm working on right now, I'm just finishing up the last half a dozen pages of the last um issue mm -hmm. of the second volume i think you know can we keep all these numbers straight mm -hmm. so yes so the you know the my bad um trade volume one which is out in stores mm -hmm. um and then now we're on the second series of five issues yes um with the first one just coming out and the second one coming out uh, later this month um as far as you know doing the the stories um I think what I have to say is that this, the stories are very dense and not in an 
Alan Moore, like everything that happens within a panel um, is spelled out over a whole page. But we have so many little, you know, in-jokes, um, yes. change of locations, uh -huh. number of characters, character designs. Um, you really have to be on, you know, top of your game to uh, continue to make it all work. Um, it's been a real challenge, but a lot of fun. And certainly have freedom with these kind of uh, costumes, um, just because they can be a little goofy. And uh, that allows you to play with it a little bit. Now, you know, for now, I'm going to ask this question as basically for new listeners who may not know what, you know, my bad is about, especially for volume one. So, um, so, and I'm going to start off and I'm going to, um, and anyone can jump in, but I'm going to say either Mark, Bryce and Peter, for our new listeners, can you guys tell us what is the first volume about? You know, just for the new listeners. I, I, the simplest way I can say it is that Emperor King, this uh, the super villain of this, the first volume, one of the main characters, he has two ideas. One of them is to create a trap to catch his arch nemesis, the accelerator and torture him to death. And his other plan is to try to mess with the chandelier by sending um, a, a salad shooter to his secret identity. <laughs> and one of these plans works better than the other. Oh my God, that's, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, if the, the half that I write that just follows the chandelier is about him getting this, the salad shooter in the mm -hmm. mail for his birthday. And then it just messing with his head for the rest of the series. Like, you know, he'll be fighting crimes or whatever. And, and like thinking, does this mean that Emperor King knows my secret identity? The fact that he sent me the solid shooter for my birthday. And, mm -hmm. and it, it sort of, you know, he begins sort of like obsessing over it to the point where it takes over his life. Yes. The fact that his secret identity might be known by this, this villain because of the salad shooter. And he thinks the salad shooter at first might be a bomb. So he takes it into like his little bat cave yes. and has it analyzed and, and the results come back. No, it's just the salad shooter. Uh, but it, it, it's the, the real, the, the real bomb is what Emperor King set off in his mind, in his imagination. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it, it all, and it's sort of like, you know, leads there's two stories told from two separate different characters perspectives that lead to like a big conflict at the end. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, and I, I just want to add that, um, you know, for the overall picture of it, um, it, it obviously with the setups that the Bryce and Mark have talked about, it spins off into more characters, mm -hmm. uh, a kind of a whole uh, group of people that are, get involved. Um, so it is, um, as some reviewer put it, a kind of comic that superhero fans can love and people who hate superhero fans superheroes they can also love this because mm -hmm. they can see the um the parodying of it but at the same time there's an affection for you know these superhero comics that we grew up with oh yes yes um mark i'm going to ask you this question <clears throat> how did you come up with the chandelier because I, I'm gonna, I'm, because I'm trying to remember from our first interview. I don't think I ever asked. I can't remember if I asked you that. But 
how did you come up with the chandelier, the characters of chandelier? <laughs> well, I think the obvious sort of parody source is Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and his storylines I've written have tended to be sort of like pitches I've made for Batman stories over the years to DC, which have been politely denied. You know, the, the, I originally pitched the idea of like the Joker when Batman and Catwoman were going to get married. I originally pitched the idea of the Joker mailing uh, Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. a salad shooter as a, as a wedding present. Uh, and then how that messes with Batman's head. Uh, but, but I got the, sort of not in a million years reply from DC. So they turned down. So I used it. And also I think one of the things that like uh, one of those, well, how, how could nobody know thoughts I had as a kid? It was like, how could nobody know that the billionaire who owns like this defense industry corporation is the one with like a tank and like a jet and like all of these high-tech military it's like what do you think it's somebody working at a radio shack you know uh, so uh that I, I i put that into uh this comic because you know his family he's like the heir to like a lamp fortune and yet all of his like vehicles and his secret laboratory are all lamp related like his <laughs> lab is called the lampratory uh-huh. and the uh uh he has like a submarine called the lamprey mm-hmm. uh and the uh his, his flying ship is called the nightlight so the it's like how nobody could put it together that the guy who uh owns this this lamp factory isn't also the guy who's like going out at night as this sort of lamp based vigilante is <laughs> sort of what what's parodied but yeah it's it, it's a lot of it is like you know sort of a batman parody i guess i would say <laughs> and then um bryce you know uh, oh actually wait i'm sorry mark let me go back to you and I, I'm just curious, and I am not being disrespectful, not being disrespectful to Adam West, but when you when you wrote the chandelier, did, did you kind of ever hear Adam's West voice in writing the story? You know, I did, it's funny you should say that because yeah, I imagined like a very dry Adam West, or like you know, like not him, like sort of old chum, sort of friendly, yes. which mm-hmm. sort of like a very dry, almost dismissive. Uh, you know, almost like a, uh, um, yeah, somebody who, um, I wouldn't go as far as like a Leslie Nielsen type oh of my delivery, God. Yes. but that sort of thing where it's just like somebody doesn't realize that what they're saying is funny. Mm-hmm. Off the cuff question. Um, and anyone can jump in and, or all of you guys can jump in because um, when you mentioned Leslie Nielsen and it just hit me after I read the trade yesterday, was oh my god this is kind of like um police squad in the 1980s <laughs> the tv show thank you it's a nice compliment yeah <laughs> that was yeah that was, i mean that was a uh like sort of a watershed for mommy as, as a kid like watching that because it was like yes. the funniest i think it was the funniest thing i'd ever seen at that time and yes. it just completely knocked down all the the walls and the rules of like comic storytelling Oh yeah, and um, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off the cuff here because I, I because I, I I I'm gonna I don't know how they kept up with each episode, you know. I mean, like you know the the funny part where um Leslie Nielsen and is um oh um you know where you know he turns to where you know Frank Drebin turns to his partner goes all right man you know 
there during the shootout. All right, cover me. And he throws that um, overcoat over Leslie Nielsen. He's fumbling around. Shots are being fired. And, you know, he's not being hit. He stumbles into rubbish cans, you know, and, and in the end, it's like, you know, the coat comes off and already the guy's arrested, you know, and it was just great. Yeah, and it's not like police squad in the sense that it's that same sort of, you know, mm-hmm. literal uh, versus figurative sense of humor, but it is like police squad and stuff where it, it takes place in its own universe where the sorts of things that seem absurd to us make mm-hmm. total sense to them. Yes. Okay. Um, Bryce and Peter, um, do you guys want to add anything to that? I just think it's a it's a straighter version okay. of police squad. I mean, we're in on the joke mm-hmm. um, as the readers, but like Mark said, you know, this is these characters. All this stuff is very very serious to them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And when I write the characters, I'm I'm not writing. I mean, I'm conscious of trying to be funny and make jokes, but I'm not writing joke characters, right? Mm-hmm. I'm that I care about Emperor King and Acid Chimp and Rush Hour and all yes. of them, you know, and, and, um, and I think that, that that's reflected in the way Pete draws the the book too, is, mm-hmm. you know, we, we get, you know, real angst on their faces when they wince they're they really are feeling it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, in a, in a, in a, a naked gun or a police squad world, everyone's a little bit more of a cartoon, you know, mm-hmm. than, than in my bad, but, I think that what Mark said about the world being this kind of slightly off-center world is is very similar to my bad. Um, this is a perfect segue for my next question to you, Bryce. How did you come up with the Emperor King, or was it Mark that came up with the Emperor King? I, you know, oh, I, I came up with Emperor King. That that you know, the whole my bad started when I had the idea for the torture trap and the mm-hmm. wrong superhero being caught in the torture trap. Mm-hmm. That the initial idea that that everything's you know grew out of so um i needed the supervillain to yeah. capture someone in his trap and i decided i wanted you know sort of a the the, the doctor doom kind of i want to take over the planet kind of guy mm-hmm. and then i delighted myself when i came up with the idea of his actual name being drew king and so Emperor King is actually just like, you know, it'd be Emperor Jones or Emperor Gonzalez or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just I, I was very tickled by the idea that Emperor King was just his surname um, with Emperor tacked in front of it. And then it just kind of grew from there, I have to say. There was no particular um, source like Batman or anything for the, that character. And then, Peter, I'm going to ask you, um, how did you come up with the design for the chandelier? Um, and let's say the Emperor King. Uh, well, I think we have talked about this last time we were interviewed, but um, initially when I drew, I mean, I knew we were ripping off a of Batman. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, kept the color scheme similar. Yes. Yeah, um, but originally he had a, you know, kind of a chandelier on top of his head. Mm-hmm. It, wasn't, it wasn't draped down over his face. And I think Bryce made a comment um, while the guy said, hey, you know, it looks fine and everything. But Bryce made a comment about, um, geez, what it would be like if he had his face covered. Yeah. So I redrew uh, the version and what we have now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kelly Fitzpatrick, our colorist, when she saw it, she, you know, she doesn't always chime in a lot with uh, our stuff. But she said, cool. 
So uh, I wasn't going to go ahead and against anything that uh, Kelly might have suggested was a uh, was a good way to go. And and it's funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. his face is covered. I mean, how how does he see? Yes. You know, that's uh, it's um, probably as absurd as what Mark was talking about about no being nobody being able to figure out you know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Emperor King. Uh, playing around with a few different things, but ultimately um, came up with, with the idea of him being kind of a cross between Ginny Olsen and Alfred E. Newman. And um, I, I must admit, as I've drawn him more, he is getting less and less handsome. And I think that's, I think that's for the better. Yes. Um, and then, you know, just crazy type of crown I was playing around with different uh, headgear and that one the one he doesn't always wear it and he's kind of retired it now but mm-hmm. um, it's pretty over the top it's more like a I guess a caricature of a, a bishop's hat mm-hmm. so um, yeah those are the kind of things you just kind of play around with it and and you come up with something but yeah Cross between Jimmy Olsen and Alfred E. Newman. Oh, okay. All right. Um, let's see. Okay, so, all right. Um, thank you for that. Now, listeners, we're going to start moving into My Bad Volume 2. Now, Bryce, Mark, and Peter, um, what is the story about in Volume 2? Well, again, there's sort of, sort of like Volume 1, there's two things going on. Uh, that sort of dovetail together. The first thing going on is that there's like a pizza uh, delivery assassin who's going around, who's targeting superheroes, but is unfortunately, because they don't really know where any superheroes actually live, are showing up at the houses of people with names that are similar to superheroes and shooting regular people. Like uh, his first victim is named Mort Spitterman, who he thinks is like Spider-Man. And and then like eventually shows up at the Supperman's you know house but it's 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 about like how the fact that he's sort of this incompetent assassin uh makes him really difficult to catch because you never know because he's never where you think he would be uh because he's always at the wrong place uh and then the other one which uh the other sort of plot which drives this is that the fallout from the first issue of uh the chandelier sending this these uh these lizard heavies to go um, attack uh, the planet of Drixen, that kind of comes back to haunt him and the, the rest of the planet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then. And on I... the other side of the book, um, and like Mark said, everything dovetails just like the first season. And there's actually more, I would say, crossover between the stories than the first season. Uh, but on the Emperor King side of the book, uh, he finds out that there's a, a dating app. Uh, for superheroes uh-huh. and he's attracted to some of the female superheroes so he ends up buying the armor of uh, an actual superhero who wants to retire uh-huh. kind of an iron man type called steel integrity uh-huh. and taking on that superhero identity so he can date superhero women and that's you know much like we were talking about with volume one you know that's his plan that's uh-huh. what he's yes. trying to do but things get off track fairly quickly. And then um, I'm going to say like already 
you know, you guys already introduced the new character in this volume, and I don't, I, I'm just calling him the pizza delivery killer. I'm, I'm just asking, is, is this a riff on Stiltman? Because we no, see him. I, I have no idea who Stiltman is, but it was just sort of like, uh, again, the, the idea, sort of like with the. Um, uh, you know, it, it, with a lot of the the ideas that inspire that I come up with mm-hmm. in this for this series are, are just like, well, what is the stupidest, most mundane thing that would cause everybody problems? Yes, <laughs> like a salad shooter being sent to like somebody's real address, or mm-hmm. uh, this this guy shows up trying to assassinate heroes, but he never gets any actual heroes, so mm-hmm. it becomes like, sort of impossible to to to, uh, to ambush. <laughs> now, Mark came up with a rough sketch. Okay. Of how he wanted the um, pizza assassin to appear. Yes. Um, but not necessarily um, is what he really was looking like. Mm-hmm. And so given what Mark gave me, I was trying to figure out, okay, how can I get something to work in a semi-realistic fashion where the character actually was within this costume? Mm-hmm. Yes. And as I don't want to spill too much for readers who haven't seen it, but let's just say that we made the character somewhat short of stature. Yes. So, and yes, you you were very good at realizing that there is a, a point where he's taking off his costume. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out how to make him taller. And I was thinking, and I actually went online and looked at um what are they called? Like uh, when you're putting up drywall? Oh, yes. Or, yeah. You know, those drywall extensions. Yes. Or that, you know, construction guys would use. Mm-hmm. So, yes, this, this character has the fat um, inside the costume as well. So, mm-hmm. so that, that, that might have led you to the, uh, the stilt man analogy. I never even thought of that until yeah. I brought that up. So. I'm, I'm, yeah, no, I'm not going to try to give it too much away, but when I saw that panel, it, you know, it, I, I was, <laughs> I was just kind of laughing at that already. Good. <laughs> That's what we want. <laughs> and then, um, Bryce, for your story with Emperor King, who bought the identity of Steel Integrity, he's dating someone named <laughs> Good Karen. Um, I'm just, I'm afraid to ask. Is it based off of someone, <laughs> a family no, member, no, a church member who's <laughs> because her costume Not is pretty on a specific person. <laughs> uh, it's really based on the me thinking, having the thought, boy, it must be hard for people that ha- women that have the name Karen mm-hmm. uh, now that it's become an insult to call someone a Karen, mm-hmm. and so. Okay, what would that be like if there was if that was someone's superhero origin, right? That mm-hmm. instead of their their parents being shot by a, 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 a criminal, <laughs> that it's that they're tired of people, you know, calling them a Karen or making fun of the fact that their name is Karen, mm-hmm. and and then you know the twist being that she is kind mm-hmm. of a Karen. Mm-hmm. And name is Karen. <laughs> Oh. She's been really fun. And one of the things that I wanted to accomplish uh, with the second season was to, you know, balance things out a little bit because it was, it was a very boy heavy book in the first season. There wasn't 
there weren't very many female characters and so yeah both mark and i you know kind of added uh, some female characters to the mix this season and then off the cuff question mark that's but and bryce that's right because um you guys also included um a new character um it was amazon is that correct mm -hmm. yes yeah so and basically her role is she's sort of this Wonder Woman figure who shows up at, yes. at, uh, to like catch the pizza assassin and really kind of is like a much more competent version of what the chandelier thinks he is. Mm -hmm. So yes. she knows how to use like a supercomputer and she like comes up with some like actually plausible plans to catch the pizza assassin. And chandelier is a little uh, miffed about, uh, about her sort of like taking over what he imagined his role would be sort of the, uh, the leader of this gallery of superheroes uh, mm -hmm. to catch the uh, the pizza assassin. So he resolves that he's going to be the one to catch the pizza assassin. So he just starts kidnapping every pizza delivery person he comes by, thinking one of these guys has got to be the, the pizza assassin. Which you know, as Bryce says, the plans best the plans usually don't work out the way mm -hmm. they have intended. Um, Peter, I'm going to ask you. You know, um, um. For this second volume, you know, um, actually, I'm going to ask you this directly. It's like, um, how did you come up with the design for um, Good Karen and um, Amazon? Uh, Amazon, like Mark said, that was pretty straightforward. Okay. Um, it's um, definitely, I mean, from the you know name of the character, mm -hmm. um, it, it we're, we're rough, definitely ripping off of that uh, kind of Wonder Woman. Yes. Um, icon type, but uh, wanted to, you know, again, we're talking about even though, you know, the comics that I grew up with mm -hmm. and that we grew up with, you know, were, were pretty white, male heavy. Yeah. Um, to do a com to do a direct parody of that would be pretty boring. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yes, so she's diverse. I think of her as um, being somewhere from uh, the Mediterranean, probably North Africa. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, but I think Mark had in his description that um, she would wear furs and skins. I do like the idea of like a leather tunic that's rather tight, mm -hmm. but then, you know, the kind of the funny riff on what Mark said, she's got, just got this big fur skirt. That's mm -hmm. you know there's there's nothing you know glamorous or sexy about that at all. It's just this big fur pelt that she has belted around her waist. I <laughs> try to do something a little fun um, with each of these designs. As far as good Karen goes, uh, Bryce did have a photograph of a particular hairstyle mm -hmm. that um, he wanted on the character mm -hmm. and. Um, then it was just ripping off of that. You know, she's got maybe a little bit of it, it, it. That was a very fun design because it's kind of a mishmash of a bunch of different things. Uh, she's yes. got uh, the kind of the yellow Jubilee almost kind of jackets. Um, mm -hmm. But then that her top is mm -hmm. a very, oh, I would say, you know, East Coast Yaley kind of pink sweater. With uh -huh. um, you know blue collar and a, and a little diamond uh, drop necklace, uh -huh. um, then uh, flare pants because yes. if you're a comic book artist, 
flare pants are the funnest things in the world to draw. So why not draw <laughs> with you know stars and uh, eye heels? And then um, the Good Karen logo was so easy. Once Bryce kind of gave me the the lowdown on the character, um, just having that small um, K with mm-hmm. a halo that's just a little bit crooked. I yeah. just said, this is, this is, I was very, very happy with, with that. She's an incredibly fun character to draw. Yes. And um, it, it's um, because for me, it's like she's the breakout character of this, of to me already of the first issue. It, it's, and I, I'm not going to spoil it, but when I read her origin, oh my, I, it was, <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't read it, but oh my god, it there's just some lines in there. It, yeah. um, okay. Your your laughter is a good review, Jason. So oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Don't sleep you know, on amazing Adams. Amazing right. Adams is like one of my favorite characters in the series. Uh, it's basically John Adams with but incredibly ripped and muscular and shirtless. Okay, so. Uh, I, I think that's one of the characters that always makes me laugh when I whenever I see him. Amazing so, Adams. When so is he in? Is he an issue? Is he because is he coming in any of the future issues? Or I I may have missed him. He he was teased. He was teased in one of the extras in season one, and he starts popping up in the main story in issue two of this season. So oh, what, what okay. we got next week. Yeah. all right, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. Now, before I move on, um, I'm going. I'm joking on this part because I know, like you said, that this pizza delivery killer, he's he's an inept assassin. He's going around killing wrong people who have sort of superhero last names. I love. There's a panel. Um, Peter, you drew perfectly. I'm going to be. I'm just joking. I don't know what you guys mean by the actual vindicator. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who could that be? Who could that yeah, be based I on? I, I, I don't know. It's but um so hey, but, it's the character that every comic book superhero artist loves to draw. So. <laughs> but it was, I'm, I'm sorry. I was gonna say, you know, the, the this premise that there's all these these people that have names that are very close to actual superhero names was a really funny idea that Mark had. And Ahoy being the best comic book company to work for was okay with it. You know, they weren't worried that they were going to get sued by having a character named Spitterman or Supperman. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I'm so happy with the way that turned out. It's, it's hilarious. I'm, and I'm being serious, Peter, the image of the actual Vindicator, that was great. I loved it because, yeah, yeah that's all I'm going to say. So listeners, if you haven't well, Mm-hmm. Did you, did, can you tell that I like drawing that little pen? <laughs> you know, what, it, what it reminds me of, like all these sort of, especially on the the scenes in the news where they show the pictures of the actual superheroes this guy was targeting. It reminds me when you go to like the dollar store and they had all the knockoff facsimiles of the DC and Marvel oh, yeah. like, like toys where you'd have like, uh, you know, uh, Captain Ohio instead of Captain America or, you know, whatever. <laughs> I like Captain Ohio. We better use that in the future. Yeah. 
Look for a Captain Ohio, kids. Actually, you, I'm going to say, Mark, I'm sorry. I'm kind of going off the cuff, but do you guys remember? Well, of course, back in the 80s, they had that, um, Kenner had that superhero power line. And then um, I think in Mexico, they repurposed the Green Lantern figure and they put it as the Riddler. But you could actually, but you know, you know, you could tell it was the Green Lantern action figure because they still had that ring in, you know, the design on his hand. But that's <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. No, but I, I think that's exactly how Mark, that sort of thing. They're these, you know, off-brand superheroes. <laughs> All right. So um, actually, I'm going to, um, Peter, I'm going to start off with you. Mark and um, Bryce, just jump in. Out of the two volumes, which characters did you guys have, you know, um, fun drawing or fun writing? Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, Already, I've already told Bryce mm -hmm. that I have a story idea that I want to write for Legroom because he's only in that first volume uh -huh. for a couple of pages. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, the funny thing is that he's a, he's a Canadian superhero, so we yes. riffed off of every Canadian stereotype. You know, he's got like a Paul Bunyan cap on, he's got a full beard, mm -hmm. he's wearing hockey breezers um, and hockey gloves. Mm -hmm. um, so he, and he might look a little bit like Mitch Gerads, who's a friend of mine, you know, draws for <laughs> DC. Um, so, uh, um, so he's a, a really fun character to draw. I've only drawn him that those two pages, but um, uh, that's that's what's fun about this is that you can have what a, a character that you would think would be a complete throwaway character, and uh, you can have a lot of fun with it. Yes. And then Mark and Bryce, I mean, besides the chandelier and the emperor, you know, which fun, you know, um, which characters did you guys have fun writing for? Well, I think for me, the the ones that I probably thought were the most fun were the ones that I didn't weren't trying to make like the centerpiece of a story that I could just sort of like have show up for a moment and go like tone deaf is I think one of my favorites he's just <laughs> this like rap based like former rapper who says you know incredibly tone deaf things uh and then uh lion l Ritchie who's like a lion based superhero with the, <laughs> bears an uncanny resemblance to a, a former singing star uh you know, these aren't really characters you can build a series around because they're yeah. too sort of flat and two-dimensional, but but they're really fun when they show up. And I, and I always love when I can work them in. Right. I think you could do the Tone Deaf series. <laughs> that would be very hard to pull off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... Yeah, go ahead, Bryce. I didn't mean to jump on. Go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, you know, Acid Chimp is is a lot of fun to write. Um, fun to think of ways for him to get acid, to use acid, and he's just it, it, he's just a lot of fun. He's he's probably you know when I think about it, the most competent character in the book. Mm -hmm. um, he, he usually you know is able to accomplish what he wants to, yes. um, which I love the fact that the chimp is the the most competent character. Um, Bryce, I'm going to ask you because in um, in uh, my bad volume two, number one, like the who's who page of um, um, 
acid chimp. Did you have fun writing that? Oh yeah. Yeah. The, those, the, I've done a couple of those official handbook who's who type pages uh, for, for my bad. And they're very fun to write. Um, you know, kind of anything goes and, um, and, you know, it was, and also, you know, I'll admit part of the fun also is, you know, being able to use those things to fill in other little aspects of the story, you know, like mm-hmm. how did Emperor King acquire acid chimp? Yes. You know, well, that, yes. that's revealed in the, the handbook page. And so, you know, it, yes, the, the whole, this whole book is incredibly fun to write, including, you know, yesterday I was working on a lettering script, which for people that don't know, lettering script is, after the art's done, then the, the writer looks at the, the art and the script again and sees if they want to make any changes. And yesterday I was working on issue four and the way that Peter had drawn some of the, the, the scenes gave me ideas on how to improve things and actually change things a little bit uh-huh. based on the art. And it was incredibly fun. I was sitting there giggling, thinking about how Pete's art was inspiring me to improve some of the jokes. So it's a fun process. This is a fun, fun book to work on. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I work on several titles and this is easily the most fun one I have. I mean, I love them all. They're like children, but this is like the fun kid. If yes. there is such a thing. Peter, I'm going to ask, do you want to add anything to that before I start? Um, um, to, uh, ask, continue on my questions. Well, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, right now I'm, I'm working on the very last part of the story uh-huh. on the last issue and things kind of come to a, a climax as, uh-huh. as things do. And I re- I mean, I've been thinking about how to do this for so long. It definitely is coming a little slower than the rest of the book because of um, everything that happens. Uh-huh. But uh it's like, this is going to be a big challenge. And then once you kind of get into it and kind of unlock that visual puzzle of how you're going to do it, you go, oh, oh, yeah, I see how this is going to work. And it's, and, and that's, you know, incredibly exciting. Okay. All right. We, we ask a lot of Peter and, <laughs> and he does a phenomenal job of yeah of it's a hard solving those creative challenges as much fun as it is for bryce and i it's a it's a hard make it hard on peter it's a it's a hard comic to draw i love you guys <laughs> um we love you too he, he um, deserves an eisner just for like putting up with like the demands that the scripts place on yeah. him frankly yeah um before i continue off the cuff um, off the cuff, I'm going a little bit off script. Um, Bryce, I want to say thank you very much for sending me the link to um, like a preview sample of issue number two. There's a couple scenes in there that actually I love, and um, because there's like a, a character, it's like, you know, the common folk people. And then there's a couple sitting on the couch watching the news and someone says, holy Toledo. I'm just asking, is it that, is, did you guys include that in as a reference for Peter? Because Peter worked on the Shazam series, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Peter. You worked on the Shazam series back in the 90s? Boy, you are, you are correct. <laughs> and, and did I get a credit in the Shazam movie? I did not. 
No, three and a half years on Power Sam was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just saw that I was like, holy Toledo. You know, when the guy says holy Toledo, I'm like, no, I was not like really. I had it was not really written with with that in mind. But it's great that, that you can make that connection. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, I just thought of that. Sorry. Okay, sorry. I'm going to move on my questions so I can start wrapping things up now. In this volume, you guys will Jamington be able to return to the big bologna sandwich shop? <laughs> no, he's permanently banned. Oh no! Spoilers. And, and, you know, it's Spoilers. not just Spoilers. Yeah, no. It's not just Jamington, it's also the chandelier. He's banned twice. <laughs> both both his identities are banned. All right. In this volume, will Yates, now listen to this, Jamington slash the chandelier's butler, will Yates be doing any more quote-unquote dusting? <laughs> I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> he likes a well-dusted library. He's a red-blooded man. <laughs> That was one of my favorite scenes to draw, by the way. <laughs> I think funny. I thought I nailed that panel. That was... <laughs> you did. <laughs> Hilarious panel. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to just continue moving on. <laughs> I'm slowly wrapping things up. Um, this part here, I'm joking. Um. If there is a My Bad Volume 3, if that gets approved, will we see like new characters like Jovan Musk? <laughs> there will be new characters. I can't really say, promise much more than that. But yeah, if there is a Volume 3, there will definitely be some, some new characters. Maybe, maybe Captain Ohio will make his debut. There we go. Yeah, uh, there will definitely be new characters. I have an invisible character that I couldn't fit into volume two that I would really like to fit into volume three if, if he'll fit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it could be pretty fun. So, yeah. Oh, an invisible character. I'm looking forward to drawing that. <laughs> yeah, that should be easy, right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's going to be the variant cover, right? You know, <laughs> my bad volume three is just the blank cover, you know? Yeah, yeah. Pete can draw it at conventions and just sign his name and say he's done. Yeah. Well, actually, Peter, you can go. Well, why are you? Hand- why are you guys handing me this blank cover? I already drew on this already here. You know? <laughs> um. Or I'm here. Here's another character. You know, I. You guys could think of using major announcement. You know, <laughs> play on major force. Yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> I actually had created a character uh, once. I've uh, never used him, but his name—he was like a uh, psychoanalyst in the army, and his name was Major Breakthrough. And he like <laughs> uh, like does these really ill-advised schemes to like sort of like get people to have these major psychological breakthroughs. Oh, that sounds that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, I'm joking on this part. Now, will there be a mad, a mad, my bad crisis event? <laughs> you know, not in volume three, but if we keep doing this for years, yeah, that that sort of thing, a secret war is inevitable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seems like that will happen at some point. <laughs> All right, now I'm slowly. I don't want to scare. I don't want to scare Peter too much, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not a young man, Bryce. <laughs> hey, Peter, can can you squeeze in, you know, 10, 10 heroes in this one panel, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've got we've got panels like that at the end of this one. So <laughs> yeah. okay. So um now I'm gonna ask you know, um seriously, you know, do you guys want to do any shout-outs to the rest of the creative team on on this series? On actually yeah, I think Peter mentioned Kelly who does the Kelly Fitzpatrick who does uh-huh. the art or does the coloring and and she does a phenomenal job on the coloring. And uh um, yeah. Anyone else you guys want to? And of I course, mean, I think we already mentioned Hannah, who does the publicity. Uh, Tom Pyre, obviously the editor. Uh, he's the uh, the uh, the steam that makes our boat go. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and, um, and and Rob Rob Steen does a really nice job with the the, the titles and the lettering. You yeah. know, we're always coming. I'm always asking him to create you know logos for all these crazy characters and he does a wonderful job with all that and then joel orzak who does the little additional um stories and insets in there and actually the uh, visual creator of uh mr adams there uh mark's you know favorite so yeah it's an it's a it's a great team okay it is all right now um peter mark and bryce are there any upcoming projects that you guys can talk about um, I will say that there. I've got like uh, uh, there's a season, not only of uh, season three of Second Coming coming out from yeah. Ahoy, but also uh, we've been approved for a season four, so uh, a lot more Second Coming. Okay. And I I've got a couple things that I'm doing with Ahoy that haven't been announced yet. Okay. So yeah, and, and uh, I have a lot of things going on right now that haven't been announced yet. So I can't really talk about it, but I'm excited that. That things are in the pipeline will be coming out in the next new year. Um, when I when I get done with um, this issue, I'm going back to uh, work with Chip Mosher. Um, we have a follow up. It's not a sequel, but uh, we did a uh, crime graphic novel together that was called Blacking Out. We did a Kickstarter for that. We've got another story um, that I've started some of the artwork for. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't mention the title, but again, it's another kind of uh, hard-boiled crime book. Um, I do have something else from Ahoy coming out. Um, hasn't been announced. I haven't seen a script yet. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have been approached by another publisher to do a, a story. Um, and again, that going to be a short story eight to ten pages that'll uh-huh. be uh announced sometime in the next year and uh, then i have the uh irredeemable miniseries that i'm working on with mark wade again i haven't seen a script yet and i'm probably that won't be until later uh-huh. in 2023 it'll uh-huh. be at least a four issue miniseries is my understanding that'll uh-huh. follow up on the irredeemable characters that we got nominated for Eisner's for about 10 years ago. Oh, okay. Wow. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you guys for sharing that. Um, next con or store signing appearance. Um, I'm going to be at WonderCon in LA in March. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Emerald city in Seattle. 
that's March as well, right, Mark? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then, Peter, what about you? No cons. Okay. No, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Unless somebody, unless somebody wants to find me someplace. I don't have anything planned <laughs> for next year. Peter, trust me, I'm trying. I'm um, well. I'm going to make this clear. I don't know any of the convention organizers down here, but hopefully, when I send them emails to invite you guys out, hopefully they listen. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Hook us up. Get us, get us invited out to Hawaii. Yes. Yes. The whole my bad team. <laughs> there you go. We're ready. Jason, you live in a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Oh, thank you very much. But and um. And but Peter, I'm gonna say because there's a couple of times when you post pictures of when you go walking in your area, I love it because it's because it's the nice snowy area because it's obvious, you know, in Hawaii we don't have snow, you know, it, but it's all it's it's always nice to visit, it's always nice to see that. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you. It's, that's, uh, that's actually we have a small uh, family cabin up in northern Minnesota, and a lot of those pictures that I take are on my walks up there. But it's very nice. So, all right. Um, last question. Do you guys want to add anything before I wrap this up? Oh, I just want to thank everyone who's taking a chance on my bed uh, and uh, and hope hope people like the new volume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that you, you know, uh, thanks again for having us on. And uh, you know, if you want to read a comic book that is going to make you smile, make you laugh, um, make you feel good. I think that my bad's a good bet. We hope you hope everyone enjoys the new season. Um, I'll just repeat what those guys have said. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to work on. And uh, I think the work shows that we enjoy it. And uh, hopefully it carries on when uh, people read it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bryce, Mark and Peter Mahalo. Thank you for your time, for giving me another opportunity to interview all of you. And I wish you guys all the success for my bad volume too. You know, um, I also want to thank Hannah Superfan Promotions for help setting up this interview in a, and the advanced copy. So Hannah, thank you very much. If you are a new comic book reader or a lifelong comic book reader, please check out my bad volume too. Now, Issue one is already out in stores. I've read the advanced copy. I love it. It's it's really fun. It's a, it's like we've said and we talked about. It's a love letter to superheroes. It really is. Um, and I'm going to be honest. Depending on when this interview is released, you know, of course, issue one is out. Issue two is already probably out in stores right now. Issue three will be in shops on January 25th of 2023. Um, I'm also going to encourage listeners to please check out my bad volume one important new superhero universe trade it's out in stores right now you know um i love this you know i love the first volume because again you know it's a love letter to super it pokes fun at the superhero genre it's a love letter you know um the other thing i love about it too is that um you know it it, it not only pokes fun at the huge superhero genre but there's there's really an undertone of a nice story underneath all of this. Um, you know, like, you know, um, you know, as for example, like there's two characters who are totally different that becomes friends in the end. Um, and also to, you know, Peter's art, Peter, you know, said that he's the straight man in this, his art is amazing. It's really great. So please check it out. 
I want to thank Drew, the co-host of Comics for Fun and Profit, for putting this episode together. Drew, thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. And if you are a new listener, please check out new episodes of Comics for Fun and Profit that comes out every Saturday. And I want to thank you, the listeners. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys. Aloha. As you know, our LCS is Cowabunga Comics. Lake Country, Wisconsin's best pop culture destination for new comics, back issues, gaming, retro video games, vinyl, and figures. Give them a call, 262-569-9999. Check them out online at cowabungacomics.com or follow them on Twitter at Incredical. They are our LCS, and we utilize their deep discount mail order service to bring Oconomowoc, Wisconsin closer to us. They'll take care of you. Tell them Drew and Kyle sent you. Say hi to Eric and James from us. If you need an LCS, you can't go wrong with Cowabunga Comics.